This is Believe in Buckeyes. This show is brought to you by Bet Online. Hit them with the ad. So BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, the game starts here. And if you have any issues with gambling, always feel free to reach out to 1-800-GAMBLER. They're 24-7, help you out with anything you need there. But this is Believe in Buckeyes with Brian Brownie and Cindy Checkwell. We got coaches changing. We got coaches <laughs> coming in for a cup of coffee. I don't know. They Are they still in signing ball? I don't know what's going on, but we're going to dive into it in this show. The big news around Columbus is Bill O'Brien. Uh, the, I'm gonna call him. He's a. I ain't gonna call him great, but he's definitely with a good coach, right? Coach with the Patriots, uh, former head coach of the Houston Texans, uh, former head coach of Penn State here, right, right here in the Big Ten. Left the program <laughs> at the beginning, named the offensive coordinator for about two weeks to take the head job at Boston College. I mean, that was that was quick, right? I mean, sheesh. Yeah, we blinked and he was gone. Right, it, it didn't take long at all. Um, yeah, I got the opportunity to be a head coach at Boston College. You got to think Bill O'Brien has been in Boston for a good chunk of his career was um, the Boston area, right? Uh, Foxborough yeah. with New England. Um, so not having to actually unpack, right? <laughs> Go right back <laughs> to his house um, and take over that job. So uh, it was a great opportunity for him. The It's interesting, though, that the, the domino effect really came with Jeff Halfley getting the coordinator job with the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, Packers right. and Halfley obviously was used to be a, a Ohio State head coach. So Ohio State coaches just kind of reshuffling <laughs> everywhere. So that, that I think that was interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, obviously we was we was we both we liked it higher. I mean, it kind of came in, it was kind of shocking, not the biggest name, but when you yeah. thought about it for a little bit, you're like, well, the things that we kind of been lacking offensively when it comes to uh, discipline up front, uh, being able to kind of execute in short yardage situations. We knew Bill O'Brien would be able to come in and kind of check that box and bring that that discipline and, and toughness up front. But obviously, he he wasn't here long, so we you know the yeah, we got to move on from there. Um, and obviously, with Ohio State, it doesn't take long, long for them to move on, right? It took them, uh, I think, before he even left, rumors was kind of swirling, and then once he left, I think it maybe took like what two or three official days before they hired the next guy, which is Chip Kelly. The, the originator of the of the fast spread, ten, ten, snap to snap, 10-second offense, Chip Kelly, man. Um, I know we have, uh, let's say, rival thoughts about this hire here. Um, I'm going to let you go first, and then I'm going to yeah. say my spiel. So, yeah, let's talk about Chip Kelly. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll start off with, you know, and obviously the, the speculation was out there even before Bill O'Brien took the, the PC job. First, the speculation was Bill O'Brien is leaving. Then the speculation was Chip Kelly's looking for an offensive coordinator job. He's, it, the speculation was really he's trying to get out of UCLA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Bill O'Brien leaves, there's a good chance that Chip Kelly takes a job. And initially, I didn't necessarily want Chip Kelly as a coach. Now, obviously, Chip Kelly is um, he's experienced. He is um, overqualified to be a college offensive coordinator at this point in his career, right? So it's not it's not a it's not necessary qualifications. But initially, you know, my thought was, um, you know, Chip Kelly, 
a guy who obviously revolutionized the spread and you know and his approach to the game. But what I felt like we were lacking just from a you know a downhill run game. I wasn't sure if Chip Kelly was the right uh, mix. Plus, you know, Ryan Day coming from the Chip Kelly um, kind of coaching tree, tree, I was looking for some type of contrast. But as I sat on it, you know, I had some time, thought about it more and more, um, I think he, he checks the boxes that we talked about Ryan Day was looking for. He was looking for somebody who has had experience, not just experience in calling offense, which Chip Kelly has a ton of experience at, somebody who has experience in, in running a team. Right. Um, because if Ryan Day was going to be feel comfortable enough to, to hand over the play calling duties, he wanted somebody who he trusted. And there may not be a coach out there that he trusts more than Chip Kelly. Is This is a guy who was his coach um, when he was in college. This is a guy who yeah. gave him the opportunity. Um, yeah, let, let, let me jump in. I'm sorry. Let me hit him with some history real quick for those for our listeners who's not really familiar. So so our coach, Coach Day, he, he coached and I'm sorry, he played for Chip Kelly at the University of New Hampshire. Um, and then one star coach, once he was became coach, he actually coached for Chip Kelly for, I want to say, I think maybe a couple of stops. He spent a, he spent a good amount of time, uh, under Chip, Chip Kelly. So, I mean, there is obviously there's a, a ton of history there between those two, but yeah, but keep going on, on why you think this is a good idea in, in your thoughts. <laughs> so, so you, 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 you expect that they could potentially work well together there. So you have, you have. Not as much friction that you may have with a different, you know, a different coach, a guy with less his, less of a history, maybe like a Bill O'Brien. And then, you know, Ryan Day went and hired uh, Justin Fry to be the offensive line coach. Justin Fry, who was had the title of offensive coordinator when he was at UCLA, and UCLA who had a very very successful uh, run game under um, Chip Kelly and Ryan Day. I mean, and uh, Justin Fry. And the expectation was that Justin Fry was going to bring that, you know, that run game to Ohio State. I think he brought maybe the scheme, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't as effective. Um, and the, well, there was a key piece that I think was missing, and that was Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, who's a tactician. Um, I, you know, we played against a Chip Kelly team in, in college. I played against a Chip Kelly team in the NFL when he was with Philly. Um, didn't run a lot of a lot of running plays, but they did it. Um, they executed it to the T. And I think. That's what he brings is that execution that was missing um, from from last year, and that's what I'm expecting him to bring and hopefully um, to get that. Ryan Day said from himself that he wants to incorporate more quarterback run, um, and I think Chip Kelly can do that very very effectively. And if you bring an explosive offense to this team with that defense, there's a ton of opportunity for them to to, to get to the ultimate goal. Yeah. All right. You said your piece. <laughs> I got more. I'm, 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 I'm okay, waiting. You, I'm you waiting. Me. Okay, it's just like a, like a true lawyer, right? A little rebuttal, and I get the I get close to state. But no, but I, I I don't love the hire, and I and I say it for a, a several, several reasons. Uh, first off, Chip Kelly is a big personality in the, in the sport of football. I mean, he has been that way since he kind of blew up with Oregon uh, when they were scoring. You know, it felt like seventy points a game. Um, and you know, they had the, the, like I say, the spread offense with the very really quick pace, uh, they brought that with no huddle, right. And they, they were the first team to really kind of have the cars on the side and no huddles. And we just kind of hurry up and try to uh, get as many plays in as we possibly can in, in the span of 60 minutes the, over the course of a game. He kind of originated there, right. And then he kind of took that. He went to the NFL, 
he started off with some success, some success, and then his team didn't probably do so well, and they kind of start losing, and then that kind of led him back. Um, I think he got, I mean, he might, I forgot where how many times he how many times he was the head coach of an NFL, but that obviously landed him back in college. Uh, then obviously he's working out at in um, UCLA. Um, to me, it's like Coach Day just hired his dad to be the offensive coordinator, <laughs> right? I mean, like you're talking, like you said it before. I mean, there's so much history, right? So if if you know they've been working with each other for so many since Coach Day learned football, he learned basically learned football from Chip Kelly. So I mean, when it comes down to it, it's like we were supposed to just hire offensive coordinator. It felt like we almost kind of possibly hire, maybe hire the head coach, right? When, yeah. when, and when things kind of get tough into the season, they start debating schemes and debating how they want to attack things. Like, is you really going to check your dad and kind of make him <laughs> put your foot down and make him do what you say? Like, well, chances are, it's, it's probably not going to work out. Even if you tried it, your dad most likely will brush you off and kind of just do the things that he wants to do and what he sees as successful uh, for his office because he's, yeah. you know, him being off of the coordinator. I was more the, the impression or, you know, we would get a guy that could kind of come in and kind of take some of the stuff that they does well, right, some of the downfield passing and some of the things how he like to attack a defense, sure it up once again with some short yardage ball, being able to kind of execute on third and, and short, second and short, run the ball downhill in, several, in certain situations um, and be able to kind of bring that in and then together we'll be a total offense, kind of get our, our off the line kind of, you know, mindset to kind of be able to kind of go out and dominate and things of that nature. Chip Kelly, I mean, and being frank, I recall, <laughs> we, once again, I, we played against a Chip Kelly team. We played against some USC teams when we were in school. So we used to watch a lot of Oregon fans. And they had the most success against USC back in those days. And uh, we know how good those USC teams were that we played against. And you'll watch the film. It's like, okay, Oregon did pretty good. They had – uh, a lot of, you know, rushing yards and stats, and you watch it, and I'm an offensive lineman, right? So we watching it, and it's like, well, they didn't block anyone. Like, they, they <laughs> pulled somebody to the left, and so since they pulled somebody to the left, the linebacker flowed over top, and then they just ran somebody up the right, and, like, didn't nobody actually get blocked, right? And it's just like, and you just kind of see it over and over. They're running bootlegs, you know, so no one's getting blocked. They're running their linemen this way, they run this way, no one get blocked, and they hit it for six, seven yards, and they keep doing all this basically faking out trick stuff. And then eventually they had the fastest running backs in college football. Someone would hit a lane and it run 40 yards for a touchdown. It was just like, okay, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's good to see. They're scoring a lot of points. But, you know, I don't believe Chip Kelly won two national championships playing that style of football, right? I mean, because when you get down to it, you, you got to be able to execute in certain ways when it comes to the line of scrimmage. And a lot of Chip Kelly teams, I would say, did not do that. So when they played lesser opponents, I believe – at Ohio State or Oregon, when they play less opponents, the Indianas of the world, we're going to score a ton of points. We're going to we're going to, we're going to light it up. We play a team, a Minnesota team, something of that nature, who don't have the talent, the speed we have. They're going to be in trouble, right? But yep. we start to get into the serious games. We start talking about uh, an Iowa team who we know how strong their defensive is, especially on the defensive front. Uh, we start talking about the Michigan teams, um, the teams that we're, we're going to face in the playoffs. If we want to win a national championship. I believe, like, all of that razzle-dazzle, big points, six, seven touchdowns, all that stuff could potentially be hindered very quickly once we kind of face a bunch that really uh, are aligned to the front and understand gap control and being in controlling gaps and things of that nature, which I feel that 
we had with Bill O'Brien. We lost it. I, I would love to see a similar guy come in, but we went more to a a, a more of a, 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 I don't know, run and gun type of guy yeah. with Chip Kelly uh, bringing him in as officer coordinator. Yes, I understand what you said. And, I, and I, that was my first initial reaction. And I think part, partly because we played against Chip Kelly. We played against that the, his offense. And I watched on film. And, you know, I watched their offensive line, and I and I said, you know, going against us, we're going to get penetration, and we'll be able to blow some of these plays up. But those plays, those those plays when you don't blow it up, man, those are some explosive plays. Um, and he had guys like LaMichael James, LeGarrette Blunt, Kenyon Barner just run all over teams. Uh, but the one thing that, you know, one thing that we have to keep in mind as well is that that was his Oregon offensive line. And he he coached in the NFL as well. He had a lot of yeah. success with NFL level talent, and I think this Ohio State team has a different level of talent than he has. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do with what you got. Now I will yeah. say, when we got to the NFL, that the NFL did catch up with the offense, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't they started off being the, probably the best run team in the league, and then and then everything you know kind of defense started to catch up. But what you see at UCLA, they added some evolution to that offense and I think um you know him back with Justin Fry they can continue that on potentially and the the the, the point about the you know Ryan DeHyde is that <laughs> it's funny because I understand it man I, I remember you know um I got a dad who's much much older right now when I first got my house he'd come over here and I you know he's, he's your dad right when he when his, when it, when his presence is here it, at times it goes back to that father son relationship relationship mm-hmm. there came a time where you know n- you know you bring the dad your dad over to your house and now this is my house and, and Ryan Day has gone through some things at Ohio State where I don't think Chip Kelly walks into Ohio State and is back to that same relationship <laughs> Ryan Day has been here long enough he's had some successes he's had some failures he knows what it takes. And it's evident based on all the moves that have been made in the recent, just, I mean, last two months, all everything that has happened recently. And I don't think it goes back to the Chip Kelly, who's the coach that hired me and coached me. I think it's Ryan Day's show. And I think the key, I think it has to be because he has to run Ryan Day's offense. If this is still Ryan Day's offense and Chip Kelly is running Ryan Day's offense with with his, you know, some influence here and there as offensive coordinator, I think that's where they can get the most success. And that's what I'm hoping for here um, moving forward. Man, I hope I hope you're right. Obviously, I want it to work out right. I (laughs) want us to be successful. And I think we will. But I just, like I say, when it kind of gets tight, I think, you know, things could possibly go away. Um, we know Chip Kelly, he is a big personality, right? I mean, so we, 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 we're, we're hoping that he kind of come in and, and humble himself and, you know, take, take two coach days offense and, uh, you know, add his stuff, but still understand that this coach days offense is the things he wants to see, uh, with, with, with the, with his talent pool that he has acquired here, uh, through recruiting, through the transfer portal and things of that nature. So obviously hope it works out, but like I say, I, 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 I'm just, I can't say I'm just super excited about this hire uh, right off the bat, but you know, you know, obviously it, it's uh, February, right? The, the NFL season <laughs> just ended, so we got a lot of time to kind of think about it, harp on it, and 
kind of go from there. So, um, so yeah, next we wanted to kind of go into Coach, Coach Day had a press conference. I don't, you know, I guess every offseason they probably had something kind of going over, you know, the, the what, what took place. And the, the conference took place right before it was official that Bill O'Brien was, you know, leaving the program. So, he didn't. He didn't touch any of this. The coaching things, you know. He just said Bill O'Brien's the coach, right? Whatever. He didn't really go into it, but he did kind of talk about the players. Um, now, obviously, the big transition with the coach, but with the players, you know, these are the guys that we plan on um, building our team around in, in 2024. And, and if you recall our last show, me and Chen went to kind of start breaking down, you know, what position groups did last year, give them a grade, and what their kind of grade is going into this offseason. Once we, once we now we know who should be most likely in those key positions in those rooms. Uh, so this week we want to kind of dive into the safeties, right? Well, the DBs, DBs in general. Um, our DBs play well, man. They're coming off a really big year with a lot of guys back. You're a defensive back, Jim. What is your grade for the, from last year? What are you looking at in this room this year with, 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 for our 2014? Yeah, I give them an A-plus for last year, A-plus, plus. You know, they might even get a little bit of extra credit um, for some of the plays <laughs> they made last year. I thought – um, as a defensive backfield, I think they were as good as any other de- uh, defensive backfield in the in the country, um, and I feel like they should have got more awards as as individual players than they mm-hmm. did. But yeah, I think this this group coming back, they literally they have the same group coming back, yeah. and you know some of the younger guys will be a little bit older, and they add, added Caleb Downs uh, to the mix. So you know, I think this this group overall is really a special, special group. Um, and somewhere that is, is a is a place that Ohio State defense can really hang their hat on. And they should have so much confidence because of the, the amount of versatility they have from the defensive backfield. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would give them an A this year, uh, off of last year's performance, and then coming in uh, to the spring here, I had to give them an A plus, right? I mean, with the addition of Caleb Downs. But, I mean, we got death, right? We got, we got Denzel Burke. We got uh, uh, Davidson at the other cornerback position. We got Lathan Ransom. He returned. Uh, Burke and Ransom could easily went to the NFL the last year performance. We did lose Josh Proctor, right? He had a really good year for Ohio State. Uh, but we now have Caleb Down. So, you know, most likely you're kind of upgraded there. And uh, we have a ton of depth, right? We got a lot of guys that were playing experience at the safety. When you talk about Jahai Carter, the safety that transferred over from Syracuse, uh, we have um, Malik Hawford, who got a really high praise uh, from the defensive coordinator last offseason before the season was started by his presence that he brings to the defensive backfield when he's uh, actually out there in practice and what we saw in games. At the quarterback position, we have the freshman All-American. We got uh, Jermaine Matthews. Uh, he started, I think, what, one or two games kind of towards yeah. the middle to end of the year, and he played fantastic. I mean, he's definitely a player that we could, we'll know uh, in the coming future. And obviously we have the starting nickel coming back as well. And Jordan Hancock, who most likely could have had a chance to go to the NFL as well. He made big plays all season, turnovers, tackle for loss, uh, coverage. He, I mean, he was all over the place. So had a fantastic year. And then we got young guys. We got Cal- uh, Calvin Sisson Hutt. We got Aaron Scott Jr., five-star uh, true freshman coming in and things of that nature. So we just got, we got guys, right? When it comes yeah. to defensive back, uh, obviously anything always can happen. You don't hope. You hope no one will get hurt, but it's football. People get hurt. So even if someone was to go down, we have a lot of faith in the guy that behind them. And then the guy we really want to kind of spoke, speak about in this episode is uh, the other safety that's returning. We had a pretty solid year, and that's being Sonny Styles. Him in that safety role, in that press conference that I mentioned earlier, 
Someone asked him, flat out, hey, is Sonny Styles going to play linebacker? <laughs> and they gave a coach's answer, but he did not, He did not. Uh, I guess, most or less write it off. I yeah. know you have some thoughts on Sonny Styles and his play and different things he could do. Uh, let the people know what you're thinking, Chum. Yeah, so Sonny Styles, Friday all but confirmed that he probably moves to the linebacker position. I think there's been some questions to Styles in the offseason as well, and he just said, you know, I feel like at some point I probably would play some linebacker. Honestly, if you see Sonny Styles, he's like he's a teenager. He has to be like 18, 19 at this point because he enrolled <laughs> early, right? Um, and you look at how big he is right now. But if you really look at him, he's gonna get bigger, right? Mm-hmm. He's still like for his size and everything, he still has a lot more room to build. He's still a he's still a young guy, still growing into his body. Um, and honestly, man, when you watch him blitz, I watched him blitz from the safety position last year. Um, and he's a disruptive player. He, you know, he plays really well closer to the line of scrimmage and I'd like for him to get close. I would like for him in some situations to rush the quarterback in some situations to play a Leo, um, kind of like an outside linebacker defensive end type, um, player, because I think, you know, if you, if you match them up one-to-one, you go him and, um, Michael Parsons for the, for the Cowboys, they seem like they seem very similar and Uh Sonny Styles as a speed rusher. I think could be deadly. Um, obviously, it'd have to be something that he could wrap his mentor around. He's probably been a, a, a you know, a finesse guy, like a safety, a DB, DB yeah, all, all his life. But he's going to continue to go into that body. And, you know, a guy that can, with that level of <laughs> talent and explosion, <laughs> who can still drop in coverage, who can still do some mm-hmm. of the things he's already doing, um, he's such a key weapon for a defense that other defenses won't have. Um, so, you know, I hope he embraces moving closer to the line of scrimmage. I hope the coaches, um, you know, continue to identify ways they can better utilize his talent. Yeah. Because you can you can have a guy that talented and never actually use him to his full potential, which means you're never actually letting that defense reach his, his full potential as well. So um, I'm excited for this, this group, this DB group, um, and potentially – Linebacker slash defensive end, uh, <laughs> style. Style. yeah. I mean, but that's a good point, though. I mean, you know, we we've had uh, uh, Sunny Styles really high recruit coming to Ohio State, right? And then I recall Baron Browning, Baron Browning right, was right. really a five star uh, linebacker out of Texas coming to Ohio State. I mean, everybody was super excited about him coming, and he played, uh, I don't know if he, he was in school for I believe four seasons, and he was kind of like an off and on starter. And you've seen uh, flashes of some certain things that he could do. But, you know, you just didn't really get it on a consistent basis. You're like, well, I mean, he seems like a talented guy. But, you know, when it comes to the actual football game, you know, we're not really seeing a ton there. And then you kind of look at him before the Denver Broncos, yeah. right? Baron Browning is now coming off the edge. He's kind of like in a defensive end position. I, I watch, I personally watched him some games in the NFL where he was essentially unblockable, right? They're like He was just giving the offensive of line all kind of fits due to his athletic, his speed off the edge. And him just being playing in the right way with his physical build, which is really just tough to handle. And same thing kind of with Sonny Styles. Like, Sonny Styles been at the safety position. And, right, due to the athletic position, he was okay, right? But it's like, well, he probably needs to start coming down. So, you, and, and the sooner he get there, the better off he'll be because he'll be able to learn some actual technique. He don't want, won't have to be able to just kind of rely every, on his athletic ability for everything. He can just learn the position. And then when it comes to off the edge, I mean, a guy that athletic, that speed, I'm telling you, most college offensive tackles are going to struggle with that speed, whether he knows the physical side of it or not. So if you just line up there, 
he kind of gets to understand that snap count, that goal. When this ball is snapped, he gets to take off and just kind of go right to the quarterback. Uh, he could do fine. But like you say, the mental of it, they got to give oh, yeah. him time to develop it, uh, do it in practice so he can see it. But if they do let him do it and learn it, I, I, I know he would be uh, – he, he would take his game to the next level as we know he uh, is definitely capable of doing, that's for sure. So, I mean, while we're here, we might as well grade the linebackers. <laughs> we spoke a lot about linebackers. We're trying to grade these guys before spring ball kind of start, starts off. Linebackers are bringing back uh, Cody Simon, C.J. Hicks, uh, Nigel Glover, Gabe Powers, Court Williams, Arville Reese, a young guy who might be an edge guy. We, we don't know. But, I mean, there's a lot we don't really know about the bubble linebackers yep. here uh, for Ohio State next season. So what are you grading them, and what do you, what do you, what can you speak to regarding uh, what we have in the room? Yeah, I think this is a, the next year of development for these line, this linebacker crew. I think uh, last year it probably operated. I would say I'd give them a B. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Eichenberg obviously was a great player for Ohio State. Um, yeah. I thought that I saw, I feel like I saw a little bit of regression from the year before in terms of, uh, production, but overall, I think they had it was a solid group last year. Going into this year, you have Cody Simon, who's a, I mean, he's a, he's a player, right? And then yeah, you have yeah. guys that didn't, haven't gotten a lot of snaps. Um, yeah. uh, CJ Hicks, who, you know, he's, I mean, he's a physical specimen, right? But hasn't yeah. really gotten to the level of playing time. So you just hope that these guys, this group of guys develops. And I'm interested to see who emerges. And, you know, we talked about Sonny Styles. Um, maybe he feel, he automatically just slides into that um, second linebacker position. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not for sure. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see. I think that linebacker group, though, that a couple guys, you mentioned Arvell Reese, you talked about Sonny Styles, you talked about C.J. Hicks. They got a couple guys who are almost tweeners, like, you know, three, four, <laughs> five linebacker type um, mm-hmm. potential players. So it's going to be interesting to see what knows – uh, can do with them, and, I, and I'm hoping. I'm just hoping that um, we can maximize some of those some of those athletes for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel like you know, Cody Simon. He's been around, right? I mean, this is going to like his fourth year. He's been uh, off and on starter. You know, off and on player due to Steel Chambers and him kind of rotating positions while Tommy really was that uh, field general. Uh, but when Tommy went down, I mean, Simon fits right into that role as definitely being a field general of that defense. So. I think we can kind of, you know, feel really good about him. But then, like you say, behind him, what we're getting, we be honest, we don't know. Uh, that's kind of what spring is for, though. Spring is there to learn, blossom, do new things, put new people in new positions, and see how how they how they could fit. So, and, and one of one of the things that happens though, with these players that you know are highly touted players that you expect to emerge at the linebacker position. A lot of times they don't emerge because of the mental side of it, right? Yeah. It becomes challenging or a coach doesn't actually trust the player um you know to be able to carry out the defense to make the calls to be in the right position etc cetera, etc cetera. and sometimes maybe that player ain't isn't the guy to do that maybe he needs to do something else maybe like yeah. baron Browning, he might need to line up on the edge sometimes and rush right so um it's going to be interesting to see who can who can handle that defense and who maybe you use differently or i mean who maybe doesn't actually see the field because of those different challenges so we'll see yeah Let's see. Let's see. But that's our show for this week. Uh, always subscribe. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube. Believe in Buckeyes there. We're also on all the podcast uh, platforms. So please subscribe. Uh, give us some love. Shoot us a comment. We do re- respond to our comments. Like I say, we're trying to build up this thing. We're trying to get this live show going on YouTube. So please subscribe. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. We are, as always, we end our show with a nice OH. I-O. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. And we we'll catch Bucks. you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.